And we're back with another episode of Geek Sweat, your one-stop shop for news, views, and interviews about all things film and TV. And we're back with another Cult TV episode with Cody talking about Doctor Who. And this time we're going to do the... Tenth Doctor. Tenth Doctor, thank you. And we're joined today by myself, King Dom, my co-presenters, TJ. Howdy. MKH. Buongiorno. And as always, our sound recordist, Neo Geo. Hello. Cody, let's get stuck in. Tenth Doctor. Tenth Doctor. Lots of people's favourites. Yes, he's kind of, I would say that David Tennant is the Tom Baker equivalent of the new series. Uh, you know, the kind of, the, the guy who made the role his own during that era. <laughs> um, David Tennant was born David McDonald in 1971. Um, he had to change his name because of equity rules. Can anyone think who he might have named himself after? I actually know this, so oh, shall I like okay. leave this to the others? Yeah. Um, oh. I, I have no idea. Oh, okay. okay. Neil Tennant from the Pet Shop Boys. Really? Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. That's who he named himself after. And um, he kind of, he actually appeared in um, uh, Doctor Who Big Finish, which were the um, audio dramas of the 90s. Because he's a big Doctor Who fan, and so he was kind of played little roles in them. Um, he appeared in an episode of Rabsy Nesbit, I remember. And then there was um, there was a great little um, series called um, Taking Over the Asylum in 1994, um, which was a brilliant program. And then he goes on, and where he um, becomes relevant to us is when he stars in Casanova with uh, Russell T. Davis writing. And um, he gets, after Christopher Eccleston leaves or is booted out, whatever you wish to believe, in 2005, uh, David Tennant takes over the role. Um, he appears in the last five minutes of the last episode of season one. And then he makes his full debut in the Christmas episode, The Christmas Invasion, which is one of my favorite ever stories. Um, he... Uh, we we get uh, he's he's a bit different from um the ninth doctor. We see that he's a little bit more flippant, a bit more jokey, a bit more a bit more arrogant, a bit more just a little bit more everything really. He's got a kind of he's his dress sense is we we're getting more down to like the doctor's dress sense now. So he's got kind of wears moddy kind of tight suits, uh, little ties and uh, Converse trainers. Which became yeah. really influential. Became, I remember yeah. you know you'd go to Camden and you'd see guys wearing the brown suit and Converse <laughs> trainers. Yes. And um, so his first season um, is, is Rose's last season. Billy Piper announced before the season started that she was going to leave at the end of it. And so we get kind of... We, actually, I mean, season two is really um, about the Tenth Doctor and Rose falling in love. Because um, it's So she got written out then because of that Sorry? story? She got written out with that no, story? No, no, she left. She, okay. He wanted to move on. And, um, but we don't see Rose again after this? We do, yeah. But, okay. Yeah. But, okay, so, I mean, really, season two is about the, um, the Doctor and Rose falling in love. It starts off, I mean, she's still going out with Mickey. Um, we have a, have a couple of adventures together. And then they have an adventure where, um, for the first time, Doctor Who, the new series, links with Doctor Who, the old series, when the Doctor re-meets Sarah Jane, who is the fourth Doctor's probably uh, favourite companion and probably... The, everyone's favourite companion of the old era. She returns in the story with K-9, called a school reunion. 
Uh, Who's canine again? Sorry? Who's canine? Canine is the robot dog that the doctor travelled with in the 70s. Oh, wow. With Tom Baker. Okay, cool. They're, they're actually, uh, when people talk of canine, they're actually talking about four or three different um, versions of him. Oh, there's, wow. There's canine mark two, canine mark, canine mark one, canine mark two, canine mark three, and then there's one more canine, but he's like, he's an Australian canine <laughs> who somehow regenerated out of canine two. It's very complicated. The, the reason <laughs> the last time it did this is like this is because the people that created K9 think that they've got like the best thing in the world and think that, you know, everyone should be paying them millions of pounds to write K9. Um, oh, they're TV. trying to do a separate series for K9? Yeah, they're always doing a separate series for K9. Can K9 actually speak? Or yeah, are you yeah. talking digital? No, no, he, speaks? he spoke. Yeah, oh, yeah. wow. But like little computer-like voice. Wow. Because that's what he was. Nice. So, and then, um, so after school reunion, uh, which is the venture where the doctor re-meets Sarah Jane Smith, um, Mickey joins uh, the TARDIS team, becoming the very first black companion, at, or unless you count the books, because there is a black character who travelled with the seventh doctor called Ros Forrester, but on TV, Mickey becomes the first black companion. Okay. Um, he travels with the doctor for two stories but then he gets ends up on alternative earth um fighting cybermen and um that's the end of mickey mickey right, doesn't he end up with martha jones he doesn't know martha jones but i was saving that yeah oh sorry <laughs> about that we're <laughs> blowing it for you so mickey so, mickey was, ends up in an alternative universe so mickey's graduated uh, from being a boyfriend being, of yeah. a companion to a companion yeah, himself to a companion and wow. now he, in he actually, he he's kind of he's brave when he leaves because he's got a um, he's got a double in this alternative universe who dies called Ricky, <laughs> <laughs> and Ricky's got a granny he's looking after. So Mickey, he can't leave home to stay. Okay, look after the gran and oh, doesn't wow. really got anything left. And he, you know, he feels left out of the Doctor and Rose's relationship now. Yeah, because this is what the season's about. Doctor and Rose, yeah, they're having more fun and fun. So I mean, so the Doctor and Rose, they go off. They have they go and meet Satan. Um, v Satan, V Satan, yeah, um, big giant Satan, um, and a number of stories, and it all finishes off with them being separated. And um, Rose ends up in in the alternative universe, the same one as Mickey, with her family, Jackie, and her dad, who turns up in season one. It isn't actually her dad, but it's also it's very confusing. <laughs> if the confusing anyway, ninth, tenth yeah. doctor, yeah. But uh, yeah, and uh, they manage, and there's a heartbreaking scene where the doctor and Rose and they're talking to each other. And it's the final time they ever see each other, and Rose says that she loves the doctor, and the doctor, you think he's just about to say I love you, but then his image goes, and he can't maintain wow. the link, and that's the end. Oh no, Rose. Wow. And so next season yeah. brings in Martha. Martha is a doctor. She's um This is Martha Jones Martha played Jones. by Freema Aggieman. Ag oh, actually before we bring in Martha, there was a Christmas special in between the seasons which introduced Chris uh, Catherine Tate yeah. as Donna Noble. Yeah. And she will hear from more about her later. I but think it says I'm just looking up here. It says Kylie Minogue made an appearance in the Christmas special yes, as well. Yes, she did. As a waitress. As a waitress. <laughs> Would we like to know more about that? <laughs> But I'm sure Stephen's going to tell us in due course. Yeah, so then we get Martha, and Martha's kind of, and the thing with Martha is that Martha's in love with the Doctor, but the Doctor is not in love with her. The Doctor's on the rebound from Rose, so 
this season is... Very, I always I mean, thought that was a really thankless part. Yeah, it is really, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, this season is all about kind of... is, is Martha's arc, her from being in love with the Doctor, kind of growing and becoming her own person. She's absolutely brilliant in the... In the there's a fantastic story in the season, which I think I alluded to in the, in the episode about the Eighth Doctor, which was... It's a story called Human Nature, which is based on a 90s Doctor Who novel about the Doctor becoming human and becoming a teacher at a school in the Edwardian era. Um, uh, becoming a Doctor in the Edwardian era. Um, he, uh, hold on. <laughs> so Doctor becomes, he's, um, to hide from an alien race, he becomes, he, he, uh, it becomes human through a, a, something called a comedian art. Um, his essence is contained in a in a um, pocket watch, and this was adapted from, like I said, from a novel. It's the only novel that has actually been adapted for a new um, for a doctor, for a TV story. Um, another story that season, which everyone remembers, is Blink. Blink. Some people think is maybe the best Doctor Who story ever. But I would disagree with that because the Doctor's not really in it a lot. So is it really that much of a Doctor Who story? But uh, Blink, of course, introduced the Weeping Angels, which are creatures which can only um, which can only move when you're not looking at them. And that was a Stephen Moffat story. Yes, it was. Who That's later became the showrunner? Yes, because in the first season we got the Empty Child, the story I was telling you about the Second World War and the kid looking for his mummy. In the second. Um, Second season. Um, uh, oh, the girl in the fireplace. And so Pomodor. yeah. So like prior to becoming showrunner, Stephen yeah. Moffat was known for episodes that were fan favorites. Yeah, yeah. He, normally his episodes were the best of the season. Wow. Well, we'll no. come back to that. No, no. Let's do it now. Okay. Do you think Stephen Moffat disappointed fans with his own tenure as showrunner? No, um, no. I don't. I don't know. This is a, it's a tricky question, but um, I think I, I, I mean he had to. T- they all have to put their own little mark on it. I think, uh, if you can tell from Stephen Moffat's other series, like Coupling, he likes intricate kind of storylines that go mm-hmm. around and kind of come back and eat themselves. So we always knew we were going to get that. Um, what I've heard about um, Stephen Moffat here is that kids understand it far better than adults did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, so it was the adults that complaining they didn't understand it, whereas the kids are going, no, this is fine. It's fine, nothing wrong with this at all. <laughs> it's like everything else, isn't it? It's like, you know... Yeah. Um, Any kind of technological thing, kids get it first. <laughs> so the end of Martha, um, Martha's season, ends up with uh, John Sim appearing, bringing back the Master for the first time since 1989. Um, his, well, the, actually the Master was originally played by Derek Jacobi in this season for probably about 10 minutes before he generates into John Sim. John Sim then becomes Prime Minister, um, or the Master becomes Prime Minister and takes over Britain assassinates the American president and uh, the doctor comes to the rescue but um, Martha decides to leave him at the end of the day and after briefly flying around with Kylie Minogue in a space cruiser the doctor re-meets uh, Donna Noble played by Catherine Tate um, this is quite a heartbreaking season actually um, starts off because you know Catherine Tate's a comedian or knows a comedian 
So, and her and the doctor have a great relationship. They're a funny relationship. They can, they don't fancy each other. So this is the first time we don't have some sort of kind of sexual kind of tension. This is a bit of a relief in this yeah. era. Yeah, because you have to remember that this era kind of, there is more about the doctor being a sexual being than there ever has been in the past. I Which mean, is due to David Tennant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Paul McGann was obviously the first doctor to get an on-screen kiss as the doctor. But, um, but David Tennant takes it to a whole new level. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, but then, so, that's fine. You've got Donna Nable and her grandfather, played by Bernard Cribbins, who um, ends up killing the Doctor, but <laughs> later. Uh, they have a number of um, interesting adventures, and um, it ends up with Davros returning. Davros, of course, was the, uh, the lead of the Daleks and creator of the Daleks in the 1970s. He returns, and um, he tries to... Oh, he kidnaps the Earth and lots of other planets, and uh, all everyone comes back. It's kind of like a, I mean, the the, the uh, Catherine Tate season is more like um, it's kind of the, the end of David Tennant. He has a few specials afterwards, but we um, at the end of this season we get kind of um, uh, uh, Jackie coming back, which is Rose. Rose comes back. Martha comes back. Mickey comes back, everyone returns. Um, for the first time, six people actually fly the TARDIS like it's meant to be flown. Because um, if you if you notice, the TARDIS is kind of a hexagon, uh, a hexagon design. Hexagon? Uh, yeah, the TARDIS console is a hexagon design. And apparently that's because it should also always be operated by six people. Oh, is that right? And that's the first time that's brought up, yeah. Oh, wow. And... Um, yeah, so, and then we go off into the specials. The specials were a way to kind of round off the 10th Doctor's era. They didn't want to do another season, reasons I'm not sure of, but, I mean, the, the specials were delayed for a bit. Sorry, can I just come back to one thing about that TARDIS yeah. uh, flight? Um, what other six people or other five people would be qualified to fly, help fly the TARDIS? Other Time Lords. Oh, is it, so it has to be other Time Lords, not just Companions. Well, it can be, but uh, no, I mean, that's, that was the design of the TARDIS originally. Okay, okay. And then this is the first time that it's mentioned that it actually needs six people to nice. okay. drive it. And then, of course, River Song, who turns out later, she points out the Doctor always drives it with a brake on. Which is why it always <laughs> makes that noise. Okay, cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, so David Tennant um, signs off with uh, four specials. Um, the most important one of which is a story called The Waters of Mars. The Waters of Mars is about the first um, Earth expedition to Mars and the tragedy that happens there. The Doctor in this story actually changes what happens and he saves the life of, um, uh, of the captain of the, of the expedition. So is this his Superman flying around the world once thing? Well, yeah, but then he's done bad because he's actually gone back and he's changed a fixed point in time. Right. And he says, well, I'm a tire, I can do what I want. Wow, so and, this is bad and then, doctor. And the captain that he saves kills herself once Ooh. he brings about. Yeah, a lot of people killed themselves in the Doctor Who. Was, there su- was suicide ever a big theme in Doctor Who before no, this season? No, Wow, so they but, went yeah. deep on that one. Yeah, there's, yeah. Um, there's quite a bit of suicide in the yeah. Doctor Who. Wow. Uh, so the Doctor, um, yeah, he saves, um, he saves the captain's life. She resents time being changed. Yeah. And kills herself to kind of put it right. So, in, um, and are we now seeing like a doctor who's supposed we've seen a to doctor, be, yeah, know it he's all, kind but of, he's making mistakes. Yeah, he's making mistakes. He's kind of, he's kind of arrogant. He's got, he's got a bit too much of himself. Okay. 
and an oud. You know the uh, the oud. No. I kind of. How would you describe them? It's kind of like um. They're aliens, <laughs> like squat. They've got very big, bald heads. Okay, that sounds they've, like me. And they've got kind of tentacles. I didn't want to say, Trev. Yeah, everyone yeah. looked at me when he said the bald head bit. Um, but they look kind of ugly. They've got this kind of... Um, so nothing like o- you then? Octopus tentacles. No, even more like me. They've got this kind of... O- they look like the uh, face hugger from Alien a little bit. Yeah, they're very susceptible wow. to... Um, they, they, they kind of... They communicate... By thought and so, oh, they're telepathic. Yeah, but that means they can be taken over quite easily. Okay. They're taken over by Satan for a while, but wow. then they break free of Satan. Oh, so is there like a <laughs> like um Star Trek? There's like a Borg kind of existence, like as a big group of them or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They got that that little thing that they hold in their hand is a communication device. All oh, right. Yeah. That seems very inconvenient but to carry then after, after they're freed from Satan... You say holding your phone. Yeah. Imagine walking around with a communications device. Yeah. No, it looks like an Alexa globe sort of thing, doesn't it? We're stuck to a cold. But after they're freed from Satan... Yeah. Um, Satan's... Um, Using Wi-Fi. Uh, command. Then they become sort of like... like mystic guru type people okay that they come and tell the doctor that he's going to regenerate oh and do they woman, retain knowledge then is that what yeah. it is yeah okay and a woman says to him on a bus that, that a london bus gets kidnapped and is up on a different planet and one of the women says to the doctor he will knock four times yeah and that will be the end okay so and then you get the final story which is the biggest mess of a story you're ever likely to see but then i kind of like big messes as Regeneration story. Okay. One of the best of the regeneration stories is Logopolis, which is Tom Baker's regeneration story, which makes no sense. Has all these has such bizarre imagery. Um, the plot is kind of bonkers. The master wipes out a core of the universe, but doesn't come back. So he kind of beats Thanos in that. <laughs> you know, but they stay dead. Um, so yeah, so the end of time. It's called the master returns, but this time he's kind of some sort of skeleton psychic skeleton it it's not going good and the doctor's traveling around with um with bernard cribbins and the wombles all right <laughs> i'm not sure if that's a safe or dangerous place to be <laughs> so it was a big kind of two i think it's like two two and a half hours long is the end of time and it it it, it kind of goes about everyone. timothy dalton in it as well timothy dalton's in it playing rassilon who's like the a legend in gallifrey and um, it just <laughs> lots of strange things happen in it. And at the end of the day, the doctor, well, the doctor knows he's going to regenerate. Um, Chris, Bern- um, Bernard Cribbins has been in Doctor Who before, though. So is he yeah, bringing yeah, back yeah. a returning character? Then? No, because that's not Doctor Who, what oh, okay. was in before. That's the films, the Dalek films. The films are not canon. Oh, films okay. aren't canon, yeah. Very so it's his first official time in Doctor Who. Wow. Anyway, Bernard Cribbins ends up being responsible for the Doctor... Um, getting radiation poisoning and dying. But the doctor doesn't die straight away. Instead, he goes on a bit of a mini tour for about 20 minutes of all his old companions saying goodbye. It's It's like his equivalent of Facebook stalking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bye-bye, bye-bye. That seemed um, a bit hackneyed when they was playing it. Yeah, he goes to to visit Rose before he meets her. I think in 2004, he even visits her. Right. And then he he says, have a good next year. Which is slightly creepy. <laughs> MKH, what do you think of that? Because you're a big fan of timelines in sci-fi. Um, yeah, that's cool. No, because he, he ends up dying in the snow, doesn't he? In, no, he dies in the TARDIS. 
Is it? Oh, mm. oh, he staggers in the snow because yeah. when he met, when he saw Rose and did that yeah. creepy old oh, man yeah, shit, yeah, yeah. he was in the snow. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, and then he goes it. inside, but he also yeah. goes to see um, Mickey and uh, Martha, who are now married. Which I think is a really thankless ending for Martha. <laughs> she spends a season yeah, yeah. like loving the doctor yeah, and failing just, to get his attention, and then I, she ends up with Mickey. Yeah, I had misused a character. Question about Martha. Mm. Um. She was the was she the first black companion? She's the first black companion on TV. And did you understand the the the, the fanfare around it? Because I I remember there being some uh, um well some I mean, buzzing in the what's the Doctor Who hive called? Um, <laughs> Whovians? I don't know. I don't, I, I'm not a big fan of the term Whovian. But that's a real term, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah so, did, did you? Did you? Um... I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, it's good. What would you what prefer would to be called as a Doctor Who fan? Like a a Doctor Who fan. All oh, right. Yeah. You want to be free called. of the, the terminology? Whovian is such a horrible word, though. It's a weird word as well, yeah, isn't it's it? It's not yeah. really. We'd never. It never it only, it's only appeared in the last ten years. Okay. Before that, we just Doctor Who fan. Gotta blame the internet. So the Doctor he. He visits all his ex-companions. Um, I think he gives Donna a lottery ticket, which seems a bit cheap. Doctor's just in trying to show off now, I think. And um, and he ends with um, he ends up in the TARDIS as a little tear. Says, "I don't want to go." Spider Man says that again later on. Does he? Oh, he does yeah, that's yeah, a callback. So this is Spider Man from. Um Avengers, Avengers Infinity yeah. Wars he's stolen that goodbye stolen all that death from, goodbye from David Tennant the Russo brothers suddenly, did a callback and then and then he turns into Matt Smith and next week next time we'll be doing Matt Smith so very very quickly okay. um, position of David Tennant among the new doctors he, he's obviously the one he's obviously the one that everyone remembers and everyone kind of thinks of his stories are the ones people think of um you know, his kind of relationship with Rose is kind of the key relationship, I think, of the new series. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I mean, just, you can have maybe Amy and the Doctor and Rory, but yeah, I mean, yeah, he's obviously, yeah. He's, he's the Tom Baker equivalent of the new mm-hmm. series. Um, best I best mean, episodes? I think he's never been as popular as when David Tennant was the Doctor. Sorry, best episode? Best episode. My favourite David Tennant episode would have to be... The girl in the fireplace, I think, which is Stephen Moffat's story, as we were saying. Stephen Moffat wrote the best David Tennant stories. And his last one, oh, his last one was Silence in the Library, okay. which introduced the character of River Song, who we'll talk about next time. Okay, the Doctor's future wife. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Oh, that's an interesting <laughs> moment. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. Does the Doctor only get married once? Then I take it. Um, well, we don't know what happened. What okay. happened to him before William Hartnell? Oh, okay, okay. So, Right, no problem. <laughs> so, so how would you sum up this doctor? Like in like, um, well, it took kind of what the building blocks of the first season, Chris Eccleston, just kind of, just more, just bigger, kind of, you know, um, Rusty Davis. Rusty Davis knows what he's doing. He knows what right, and it's always funny. The Doctor Who's got to be funny, yeah. Because if it's not funny, it doesn't really work. It's just kind of. So would you say this? Doc- it's got to be a bit silly, and Rusty Davis did all of that. There's an episode. Oh, another episode that I'd like to um. Uh, big up is called Love and Monsters, which everyone hates, but I love. Um, it's we're starring Peter Kay as the Absorberloff. Okay. <laughs> um, 
everyone hates it, but it's a brilliant story. It's a story about Doctor Who fans, which I suppose is kind of like, if you don't get it, you don't get it. But it's actually about Doctor Who fans, so that's a kind of nice thing. Okay. For Doctor Who fans to get is an episode about themselves. Is the PK character playing a Doctor Who no, fan? No, he's, he's playing a bad new Doctor Who fan. Oh, he okay. wants everyone to talk about Doctor Who. Because he's jumping of, on the bandwagon. He used to, well, there's a thing, Doctor Who fans used to meet up and talk about anything but Doctor Who. Okay. Whereas now there's kind of sense that, oh, well, you know, it's always You're discussing. You're compelled. Oh, this is shit now. Uh, yeah, no. Yeah. Kind of new fans. Yeah. Don't like him much. <laughs> <laughs> apologies to any new fans out there listening to Stephen to get yeah, yeah, apologies quick to. education. No, apart from the, the ones who are listening to this who are great. Yeah, we love you all. <laughs> By the way, I like the episode Midnight. That's a good Midnight episode. Is a fantastic episode. Yep, yep. Yeah. Okay. So, would it be fair to say that David Tennant's Doctor is like bigger, better, faster, and funnier, perhaps? Van. The previous Doctor. The well, I doctor. mean, he's he's different, but yeah, I mean, David Tennant knew what he's doing. I mean, he prepared all his life for this role. Okay. You know, being a Doctor Who fan as a kid, he right. He knew what he wanted to do, and he ended up marrying his own daughter. So. Oh wow. That's, I mean, that's quite interesting because isn't there something about um, who's this guy uh, who played Tom Holland had like from a very young age wanted to be uh, Spider-Man oh, so really? do, yeah so apparently like when he's eight years old he's in like a Spider-Man costume when he was acting but does this mean that this was like almost like a fan returning coming full circle yeah and um, I want to say the right word uh, regenerating Doctor Who again for a new yeah. audience yeah, yeah. Cool. Oh, um, I should mention there is one little, uh, it was a comic relief special that Stephen Moffat wrote called Time Crash in which the fifth Doctor, and played by Peter Davison, and the tenth Doctor, they were telling me each other in a TARDIS. And it's quite funny. And it's also, David Tennant actually went on to marry uh, Peter Davison's daughter. So his daughter is both married to Doctor Who and the son and the daughter of Doctor Who. Great. Thank you, as always, Stephen. No problem. That was Cult TV on Geek Sweat. We were joined by MKH. Goodbye. DJ. Thank you, and goodbye. Myself, King Dom, and our sound recordist, Neo Geo. Bye-bye. Join us next time for more Geek Sweat. We invite you to subscribe as well. Geek Sweat is available on CastBox FM, and you can download the app to listen to us. If you want to support the podcast by generating an interview question, being a guest, or simply becoming a sponsor, please feel free to email film at instigateonline.com. This podcast thrives on listeners, so thank you for sharing your ears to show you we care. We watch films to save you hassle. hassle.